You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose. The Flames run out of time as the Oilers battle back to win this Battle of Alberta by a final score of 3-2. to two. It's a good thing. On the official home of your Calgary Flames. The Flames win it! Yeah! Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Good morning. Happy Halloween. It's Monday. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Lots to cover today. Lots to do. Lots to cover. Your chance to win a $100 gift card from Golf Town today. That's exciting. Oh, I, you know, I'm actually itching for a little golf, George. It's been weeks. Are you jonesing? I'm jonesing. I'm, I got the scritchy scratchies. <laughs> Got some golf, man. Got some golf, man. <laughs> you got any golf, bro? Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm you, always down. You see, you seen any greens lately, bro? Yeah, like any putts lately, man. When you and I met uh, a few lovely individuals uh-huh. on the uh, Pizza Pig Out on Thursday. Uh huh. We're saying, come springtime, come here to golf, come here to golf. We're like, yeah, we'll do all of that times ten. Like that's what we want to do. I'm in. Oh yeah, I'm a hundred percent in. Let's go. Shout out Bob and the homies. Yes. As I mentioned, busy show. Flames lose Saturday night, the Battle of Alberta to the Oilers, 3-2. Flames now 5-2-0 on the season. Home to Seattle tomorrow. John Forslund, the play-by-play voice for the Kraken, going to join us at 8.30. Pretty sweet. That is pretty. We got a pretty sweet show today, actually. That's hockey, baby. It's sweet. Bro, this show is probably pretty sweet. Did, Did he steal that from Jim Houston, though? Because Jim Houston back in the day for TSN used to say that's hockey, and he just thought that's hockey, and he just put baby. You put him. baby on the back. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe He's, you think Jim Houston can sue him for copyright infringement? I don't think so. I don't think he can. Not yet. Maybe later. Charles Davis from CBS Sports will join us at the top of the next hour. Wrap up a busy week eight in the National Football League. Look ahead to tonight's matchup between the Bengals and the Browns. My man, Anthony Stewart, Stewie at 8 o'clock. Talk about the NHL. Uh, Leafs meltdown again yesterday. Um, there's going to be a lot of Sheldon Keefe needs to get fired talk mm. in Toronto today. Oh, that's too bad. But uh, Flames um, lose 3-2 on Saturday night. And the tying goal had a bit of an odor to it. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, Daryl said post game that he wants his goalies go out there to play the puck. Mm-hmm. And Connor McDavid did what Connor McDavid does. Mm-hmm. Flew in there, took it, fired it on net. 2-2, Bob's your uncle. And then a fluky goal off Zach Hyman's skate. It broke through the net. And the Oilers picked up a 3-2 victory over the Flames. Top line has yet to still score on 5-on-5. Five five. Mm-hmm. But what's the biggest takeaway from Saturday? Uh... The the goal that had an odor to it, or um, the Jonathan Huberto, what he was doing when he wasn't on the ice? <laughs> um, definitely not the goal for me because as much as the goal had an odor, like I, I've I've come to terms with that. That I call that more of a lucky bounce rather than a bad goal to let in. Okay, because that is a dump in where Connor McDavid comes off the bench with speed, 
No one is aware that he's coming off the bench. Markstrom goes out to play the puck, as he should every single time, because if he knocks that down, perhaps the Flames are going the other way on a two-on-one on a sloppy change for Edmonton. But he doesn't. It gets around to, of all the players, McDavid. Markstrom realizes, rushes back to his net, perhaps over pushes, and all of a sudden that one's in the back of your net. I have much more of an issue with the third goal, soft play down below the blue line that leads to a turnover in front of the net when you know McDavid is on the ice, whereas the dump in one, he was just coming off the bench. He had just got on there. And the other thing for me is I totally agree with Daryl. If you hold the Edmonton Oilers to three goals, you're very happy with your performance. So for me, the goal wasn't what stood out. Mm. Jonathan Huberto leaving definitely stood out, although he did return to the game. Um, but for me, I just I, I thought it was low-hanging fruit to start pointing fingers at Jacob Markstrom after that game because he held them in that for a long time. He made a lot of really big saves over the course of that game as the Oilers started to pick up steam in the second half. Yeah, I thought he was spectacular. Uh, in stretches um, on Saturday night. I thought he was great. Uh, the shorthanded goal by Michael Backlund uh, was a thing of beauty, but they talked about it on the broadcast during the intermission. I want to get your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, Daryl kept Lindholm and Backlund on after the goal, and those guys got a little gassed. They had to change. They got caught on a change. Zach Hyman scores on the power play. It's 1-1. I know those are your two best penalty killers. But maybe they were on a little too long after the goal. They had to change. Oilers put it in the back of their net. Did you see the same thing? Did you notice the thing when you were at the Dome on Saturday night? Um, I I didn't notice that they didn't change him out. Like For me, it makes sense to roll them out if they're still feeling good. Like To me, there's a significant drop-off from your top penalty-killing duo to your second penalty-killing duo. And especially especially against the Oilers, a group that, you know, who's on their second power play unit? You wouldn't know because they get 25 to 30 seconds of every power play, if that, because it's McDavid and Dreisaitl in that unit that go out for 90 seconds, 95 seconds, and they do what they do. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to match with your best penalty killers, I totally buy into that. The thing for me there is it's, it's another unfortunate circumstance similar to what happened with the Malkin goal in the Pittsburgh game. Backlund is trying to create an opportunity. In the Pittsburgh game, he was shooting for a rebound. It bounced over Elias Lindholm's stick, and all of a sudden it was an odd man rush the other way, and Evgeny Malkin bangs home a rebound. Here, similar style, Michael Backlund runs out of gas, realizes Lindholm is coming, tries the button hook spin, misses, other way, and you get a goal. It's over-aggressive on the kill, uh, but the Flames have always been aggressive on their penalty kill since Daryl Sutter returned. And especially that tandem with Backlund and Lindholm, they can create so much. Um, they're so smart that they're able to spring themselves on two-on-ones all the time. Uh, I, it, It's tough play because I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to create some more goal scoring. And that's literally what I just talked about moments ago. You only scored two goals against the Edmonton Oilers. That's a big problem for me. And there's an opportunity where you're trying to create another one because the Oilers are over-aggressive on their power play and you've created another chance here. But now it's going the other way. So I do wonder if there are situations there, like with Michael Backlund, where you're on the penalty kill. You're aware that you've been out there for a long time. Maybe just fire a shot. Maybe just put it into his chest and hope for that whistle and hope for an offensive zone draw. Mm -hmm. Like They're just pressing a little bit too hard on those penalty kill opportunities right there. And honestly, like you're getting the opportunities, so you may as well take them. 
but that's two in the last two games that have ended up going the other way and wound up in the back of the net. Obviously, this one against Edmonton means a little bit more than the one against Pittsburgh because the Flames ended up winning that game 4-1, to but that that was kind of how I saw that situation with those two on the kill. Yeah, I... Uh... When it comes to beating a team like the Oilers, and especially when on their power play, yeah, uh, mistakes like that just are magnified Big because time. things are so close between these two teams. Mm-hmm. And you just want to clean those things up, especially come postseason time. Yeah, But I know uh, listening to the postgame show and what the guys are talking about, uh, a lot of fans were upset with Markstrom, which I don't know how you can be. He was spectacular in that game. He made a few point-blank saves. Just the the pairing, Anderson's pairing struggled. He was a little sloppy. That was a little sloppy on Saturday. I thought Tanev played great. Made a couple, three or four, like, on his stomach plays that were great. Just sprawling out, stopping passes, no fear. I thought he was really good, but I thought Anderson was a little sloppy in in his own zone on Saturday night, and it cost him, especially on that game winner. Yeah, it's like... It's a tough one, right? Because it is Chris Tanev who is out there. It's him and Mackenzie Weger who turned the puck over on the game winner, right? Down below the the red line. It's it's Tanev goes D to D to Mackenzie Weger. And if you want to account that for a guy playing on his offside so he doesn't have the ability to just do a nice hard rim, instead he tries to bounce it out to Michael Backlund. Uh, it bounces over his stick, and all of a sudden, guess who's on the ice, and guess who's collecting that pass, right? And and it's a scramble drill in front of the net, and chaos ensues. Uh, I didn't necessarily notice Rasmus Anderson in a positive or negative light, per se, um, but I did think that over the course of the game, there were just moments where, you know, the first period, the Flames did a really good job of keeping that neutral zone pretty tight, not allowing the Oilers to get their speed, and I thought in the second period... It started to perhaps open up a little and, and lead into the Edmonton Oilers style of game, and they were able to create a little bit more on the rush. And and then on the power play, they're always dynamic. They were able to get some chances there, but I thought Jacob Markstrom stood pretty tall. Um, I didn't necessarily feel like Anderson was necessarily off his game. Like, looking here, um, he was on the ice for the first goal, the, the first Zach Hyman one there. For sure, but uh, the other two, it was Chris Tanev, Nikita Zadorov was out there for the second one as well, and then Mackenzie Weger was out there for the game winner. So they were okay. Um, I do think that any time that you're putting out Raz and Noah Hannafin against Connor McDavid, like they're getting better at trying to handle the speed and, and the waves that those guys come at you with and, and the kind of constant need to be on your toes when you're against those guys because even if McDavid's not on the ice like we saw in the second goal snap of a finger he's on the ice for three seconds before that puck is in the back of the net yeah it's a dumping by CeCe and four seconds later the crowd is losing their mind yeah it's even Daryl Sutter said they have McDavid and sometimes that happens uh, and he's he was a difference in that game he's the best player on the planet he and he turned it up to a thousand after he left Brett yeah. Ritchie all alone in front of the net, and Ritchie gave and, the Flames that two-one lead. And I thought for the most part, Backlund did a good job of containing him for the most part. I'd agree. And, yep. And again, it, it's tough to contain that guy because he's so ridiculous. Uh, way more on the Flames straight ahead in the Rose Report. Uh, just real quick, um, the clip that heard round uh, the Twitter sphere, <laughs> uh, the one we played at the beginning of the show. Can we can we hear it one more time, Alex? Can we, can we do it one more time? Uh, the explanation was... Yeah. Jonathan Huberto uh, left the ice 
uh, went to the dressing room, and then all of a sudden uh, Daryl was asked, you know, what what happened in Huberto? What's going on? And then he said this, playing again. I think you'd go take a sh Now, uh, you're skeptical on this, Matty Rose? You don't believe that's the truth? I, listen. Was it a lower body injury? Yeah, I recall did he have a little, this. Did he have a little rumble in his tummy? Is it, that what the lower in, body injury intestinal was? Intestinal glutes. What are yeah. we calling this? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a lower body injury. Um, obviously, he was able to return to the game. I'm not going to speculate on what it is, but I think it's actually a real lower body injury. Um, but, hey, if um, he had to... If that's what you're going to go with, by all means. Like, that's how Daryl Sutter kind of goes about injuries and... It's the NHL. You don't have this isn't the CFL, this isn't the NFL. You don't have to disclose anything. Mm-hmm. That may change as betting becomes more prevalent in the sport. But for now, you don't have to announce anything. You don't have to announce your starting goaltender. You don't have to do any of that. And Daryl's not going to hand anything extra to his opposition. It's which, just the way he is. Which is ridiculous. But it's part of the <laughs> it's, I know. It's I know. ridiculous, you but need, we, we that's need a little more transparency. All right. Um your chance to win. $100 gift card from Golf Town today. Uh, it is Howl's Eve. It's Halloween today. All we're all Hallow's excited. Eve. We're all excited. Um, we want to hear from you. I think we're going to do this later on in the show. Maybe open up the phone lines a little bit, too, at 7.30. Um, what's the most gruesome sports injury you've ever suffered? Oh, yay. No. Mine is a uh, separated shoulder. It's not even that bad. Uh, nine sixty nine sixty name and location. Uh, we can either give the golf uh, the golf town card away on the text line. Uh-huh. We did that on Friday after yep. Neil had a banger of a text. Real good. Nine sixty nine sixty name and location. You have to put your name and location to be eligible to win. And please be truthful about the gruesome sports injury you suffered. We'd love to hear it. And please, like, let's let's have a little fun with this. Don't say, like, it's changed my life for the worse. Now I live with this disability the rest of my life. Let's not go down that road. Let's have a little fun. Please. A gruesome sports injury you suffered because it's Halloween today. Uh, A couple things I wanted to ask you guys because it is Halloween. Mm. Number one, my building's very new. Okay. Like, how new? Like, it hasn't even been open for a year. Wow. That's how new Whoa, my building is. Ritzy. Yes. My neighbor Thurston came over for some Chablis last night. Is Thurston your fancy name? Is yeah, that is. your go-to? It is. Okay. Like if yeah, yeah. Well, have you ever have you ever met a poor Thurston? <laughs> have you ever met a Thurston? No, that's like have you ever met a guy named Jeeves who isn't a butler? I don't know. Like nobody nobody's named Jeeves. There was anymore. the one guy who was the search engine, but apart from Okay. Um, should I Buy candy just in case there's like two kids who come knocking no, on my door. No, you live in an apartment building. There's no kids that are going to be coming. If there is a parent taking their kids through apartment complexes, come on. Also, like the new buildings are impossible to get into. Like how many times do you have to scan your fob before you get up to your floor? For me, it's four. Really? Yeah. Me, it's twice. It is depending if it's late enough, twice at the front door, once in the elevator. If I'm coming through the parkade, it's two garage doors a third door, and a fourth in the elevator, and then I actually have to lock on my door. There's no children coming to knock okay. on my door for Halloween. So you're saying So if no I get candy. Halloween candy, All right. it's going right in my tum. Okay. 
So and you're not going to be giving any candy out tonight. No, None because of us I'm are... not expecting it. If anything, I'll throw boxes of Smarties off my patio and watch them sure. scurry and okay. gather it. That'll be a, about the extent of that. Uh, there's zero Halloween spirit on the show today. Nobody dressed up. Nobody did anything. No, everyone's just miserable on a Monday morning waking up, coming in to do radio. But that's fine. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you this. Um, 5.38 did the ultimate Halloween candy power ranking. You did it at 5.38? No, the the website 5.38. Oh, I thought you meant like you got here early and... No, I didn't. No. I was like that was a weird time to throw out there. No, I, I didn't do it at 5.38. Seems like a subtle brag. Okay. Um, The website 5.38, uh, it's, it's connected to ESPN, mm-hmm. uh, gave the ultimate Halloween candy power ranking. Oh. Uh, Patty uh, Dumont, weigh in on this too. So sure. uh, at number five, Snickers. Can't have it. No idea. Oh, your peanut allergy. Yeah. Both of us. What? You both have a peanut allergy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are missing out on the... Okay, number four, Kit Kat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Big yeah, time. Love me a kit. piece of that. Break you off a piece now, of that. Now, are you a serial killer if you just eat the Kit Kat without breaking off the individual <laughs> pieces? <laughs> or else you're in a rush. Sometimes it's melting and you're like, I got to go. I Actually, can't get that, this uh, stuff uh, on my hands. That's like, a great point. Yeah. Kit Kats are awfully melty oh, yeah. compared to other chocolate bars. It's a real, Them and Arrow? Oh, yeah. Goofing around with okay, their uh, but ability to handle There's another heat. one I'll just take a chunk off. I can't take off an individual piece and wait, wait for the bubbles. Eating, <laughs> eating a Kit Kat without breaking off the individual minus the melting is like eating like an uh, a tomato like an apple or an onion like an apple like a serial killer like you have to break off the individual pieces of a Kit Kat that's just the way you eat it nobody just bites into a Kit Kat without breaking off the individual pieces yeah. right the only time i will is if it's a mini okay, Th- okay. then i'll just go after even then no that's fine there's but a regular size, regular size, I'll break a regular out. size yeah. Kit Kat. If you just bite into it, I'm sorry. You need to reexamine somebody in your life, or if it's you, <laughs> you need to have a long, hard look in the mirror and go, uh, "Am I a potential serial killer? I don't know. Maybe because you can't do <laughs> These that." These are the signs. Like uh, number three, Twix. Yeah, I like Twix. I love me some Twix. Twix is like great, but also horrible for you. There's so many calories in Twix. And I'm the type that I'll eat the top caramel of the Twix first because it's so delicious. That's yeah. some serial killer stuff. No, it's How not. How are you? Si- what? No, it's not. But it's so. Do you Caramelly? peel it off with your teeth? No, your hands? no, you just use your mouth. And then that. you just have the cookie left? Yeah. But isn't it better when they're together? Yeah, but it's also awesome when you do the caramel part. Hmm. Do you also just like take the sauce and just straighten the. Right in your mouth? No, I haven't. No, I haven't done caramel that. sauce for like Sundays. Sometimes, but like uh, you like mm. to like to drizzle it all over the place. Yeah. Now you guys are such Buzz Killingtons right now <laughs> with your allergies. Uh, the two, according to five thirty eight, uh, Reese's miniatures and the Reese peanut butter cup. Let me just tell you this. Uh huh. From somebody who doesn't have a peanut allergy, much yep. like you guys. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Whose genes didn't let them down? <laughs> whose DNA didn't let you yeah, down? There it is. Um, the Reese peanut butter cup is undoubtedly the Cadillac of Halloween candy. Oh, yeah? That's the one that if you get it in your bag, you're like, oh, that's ritzy. Bookmark bookmark that for next year. When I was a kid, they used to have, they were bigger, and now they've they've shrunk them. They're smaller, but still, Uh it's the Cadillac of Halloween candy. Because you guys and many people who have your affliction can't <laughs> eat the Reese's peanut butter cup. What's your number one Halloween candy then? We'll start with you, Matty Rose. Mine is the Twix. 
Really? Yeah, I would also like to give a shout out to Mars Bars. Yeah, I love um, But right now, I, I've got to go with uh, a good Twix. Uh, is it, is Twix for you too, Patty Dumont? Uh, I like uh, I, I like little the little mini coffee crisps. Oh um, yeah, that's very very Canuck, a very Canuckian. Okay, that, well let's super let's, Canadian. Uh, I'm sure, Alex. Do you have some sort of horrible allergy that you can't enjoy things in life too, or no? <laughs> my, my brother's allergic to dairy and milk. How oh, about that? God. I'm not allergic to anything. So Reese's peanut butter cup is the Cadillac. Oh yeah. Of all Halloween candy, right? Yeah, I I fully agree with that. Okay. One. Uh, I like the cookies and cream bar as well. Oh, okay. so good. Now my my favorite thing you mentioned about Mars. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, Michael Smith does a great job on the CBC of being an analyst for the Olympics. Michael sure. Smith was like Canada's decathlete back in the day. Oh. And he used to have Mars athlete. as a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, because he's out there. Hey, he just ran. He's training for the 800 meter, the pole vault, the shot put, and nothing nothing washes down a good day of training like a big Mars bar. I'm like, yeah, he's eating so many Mars bars yeah. while he's a decathlete. Sure, if he's out there huffing a dart after and he's eating a Mars bar, <laughs> then I'd maybe buy it. But come on, man. You're not eating Mars bars while you're training for the Olympics. Well, isn't Mars, like, they they try and describe themselves as, like, a little bit of a power bar at times. Like, mm. that that's kind of in, like, their, their ad positioning sure. in moments. Uh, not like Snickers in the sense that like you're not you when you're hungry, so have a Snickers because this is this is the type of stuff you need when you're hungry. But nevertheless, like I guess if you're Mars, that nougat, it's got it's protein and stuff. I don't know. Is there a chocolate bar I'm missing from Calgary specific that I'm not talking about? Because I know Mr. Big is definitely a Canadian chocolate bar. I don't. Nothing comes to mind as far okay. as strictly Calgary. Okay. Um, like the cookies and cream is the one that I've always loved, but no, nothing comes to mind. Uh, also, um, did your did your lady friend get you to carve a pumpkin this year? No, God, no. Yeah, my no. Uh, my lady friend always likes wants to carve a pumpkin. Oh, and always weird. I... And I always like to say the cavity of the pumpkin over and over again <laughs> when you got to clean it out. Can I put my hand into the cavity of the pumpkin? <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all that you'd, you'd Yeah, I just want to make sure that yeah. if, if you're carving a pumpkin, make sure you you empty out the cavity of the pumpkin. Very, very just clean that thing out. Maybe even use a spoon into the cavity of the yeah, pumpkin. There you go. Uh I hated carving pumpkins as a kid. Hated it. Why? Despised it. It was messy and gross, and it was like, who cares? I didn't know you're so anti-Halloween. A lot of people are into it. I love dressing up, but I don't like a lot of the rigmarole as far as getting everything ready for it. Like, the fact that I live in an apartment and I don't have to deal with trick-or-treaters and I don't have to deal with pumpkins and I don't have to deal with eggs getting thrown on my plates and I don't have to put a bunch of decorations up. These are all wins for me, George. Every once in a while, if there's a Halloween party and I get to put together an elaborate costume, yep. that's great. I really like that. Go get a little bit, you know, gassed up. No problem. But I don't love the pomp and circumstance yeah. around Halloween. Yeah. Uh, I bet you if you were able to have a Reese peanut butter cup, you'd love it even more. Yeah. You think so? Yeah, I think that's what it is. You have a secret hatred towards your whole life. You had to separate all your candy Anything with peanuts in it, you couldn't eat it. It's always been a chore. Halloween's always been a yeah. chore instead of a joy in your life. And that's why you hate Halloween so much. Like, it's not like my parents were like, well, 
here you go, peanut candy. This is off the table. You don't get this anymore. Like, I, I would get reimbursed. Okay, with other types of candy. Yeah, with other types of candy. Okay. Especially because my brother, like I mentioned, couldn't have the chocolate. So mm-hmm. there, there was a, a hierarchy. I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are taking their kids out tonight for sure. treating. Um, if you dress up with them, that's cool. If you want to put a little Bailey's in your coffee while you're walking out there, that's totally cool. Or if you want to make an Irish, dump some Jameson in there too. That's totally cool as long as you're walking it's around. Like whiskey yeah. with a couple of ice that's cubes totally in fine. a mug. I like, I like when people dress up their dogs. I think that's always cute and funny at the same yeah, time. I do love Everyone that. loves that. But uh, we want to hear, because it's Halloween, your most gruesome sports injury. <laughs> that didn't that didn't change your life for the worse. Yeah, okay? Please don't text in and say, I have a cane now after I did this on the ice. Please no. We don't want it. We don't want to be sad about it. We want to have a few laughs. And the best sport make sure you're telling the truth that it actually happened to you. 960, 960 name and location. We'll take some phone calls at 7:30. Your chance to win a hundred dollar gift card from Golf Town, which is super cool. Why wouldn't you want a hundred bucks to Golf Town? Yeah. You know what? I want a hundred dollars from Golf Town. Everything is probably on sale right now. It is. It's end of season. It's the Devil Club event going on. Uh, it's about to co- so you can maybe go get uh, a stealth for a lot cheaper than what it normally would be. So we want to hear your gruesome sports injury. 960, 960, name and location. Keep it fun. Mm-hmm. Don't say, I saw my buddy break his neck, and then we went to his funeral. Don't do that. We don't want to hear that. Good Lord, we don't want to hear that. You're not going to get a golf. No, you're not going to get a golf gift card. gift card if you suffered some sort of debilitating injury. You are not going to do that. And if you're cleaning out a pumpkin, make sure you clean out the cavity. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. good. Clean out the cavity Gross. of the pumpkin. That's probably the rose, the rose report is straight ahead. Later on in the show, too. Uh, I think Melancholy Malcolm texted me last night. Real? How is he? It's he's been good. a couple weeks. Well, he's you know he's very even he's, keeled. He's he leans sad. towards sad. <laughs> he likes when it rains on Halloween, right? <laughs> he likes when it doesn't snow on Christmas. Fingers crossed yeah, for that's, snow. That's, that's Melancholy yeah. Malcolm to a T. Guys, uh, he enjoyed the Leafs meltdown last night to the Ducks. Oh, did he? The NHL's worst team. Oh, that's too bad. And he wants to read some text messages. Uh, later on, are the Ducks some tweets some Maple Leaf fans tweets later on in the show? Are the Ducks the worst team? Well, they were thirty second in the NHL heading into last night. Really? Yeah. No, they're not that. Wow, they're awful. Yeah. Okay, right they on. They stink. They're terrible. And um, but Trevor Zegers, come now, watch a highlight. Yeah, oh, he had a highlight last night. He sure did. Uh, Melancholy Malcolm's going to join the show later on to read some uh, Leafs fans tweets. Maybe some of them are positive. It'd be hard-pressed to find some, but maybe some are positive. Probably hard to find. Uh, we'll do that later on in the show, straight ahead, uh, the Rose Report, and then Charles Davis, NFL insider for CBS Sports. It's all straight ahead. Clean out that cavity the pumpkin. <laughs> it's the big show, Ruskin Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. I'll get ready for a lot of this this morning. Oh, good. Hooray. It's The Big Show. Ghostbusters. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. At the top of the hour, Charles Davis, NFL insider for CBS Sports. Anthony Stewart joining us later from the NHL on Sportsnet. John Forslund, the voice of the Kraken. 
Kraken in Kraken in town tomorrow to play the Flames. We're taking your text messages. Some of these are they're they're awesome. Your chance to win a hundred dollar gift card from Golf Town. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to hear your gruesome sports injury because it's Halloween. We want to hear about your sports injuries. Uh, for you to be eligible to win, name and location on your text, or we'll take some phone calls at seven thirty two. And I think later on in the show, uh, Melancholy Malcolm's going to make his appearance because uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs had a meltdown last night against the uh, Anaheim Ducks. And Malcolm's like, I got to read some Leafs fans' tweets tomorrow on the show. I'm like, fine, Malcolm. We'll find a spot for you on the show. But first, it's the Rose Report, brought to you by MotorWorks, exceeding all expectations. BMW repairs and service in a state-of-the-art facility. Well, they'll meet and beat all competitors' quotes on 51st Ave and 3rd Street, Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Well, welcome inside the Morning Report, lads, and a happy Monday. Lots to get to, including a loss for the Flames. Thank you. Go take a shit. Plus, we'll get into a five-game NHL slate Sunday, a busy week eight in the NFL, and some local notes. Let's go ahead and dive on in, and we will start with the Calgary Flames. They were off on Sunday after the Battle of Alberta at the Dome Saturday night, second of three between the two Alberta rivals this season after the Flames took the first matchup in Edmonton. Fun first period, limited shots, tight checking game started to open up a bit in the second. Eventually, we'd get a special teams tally to open up the scoring. Wax it away from him, and now Backlund's going to catch up to it in the order zone. He steps in and shoots and scores! Michael Backlund rips the puck past Stuart Skinner. He scores a shorthanded goal. That from Backlund, hard shot beats Skinner, puts Calgary out in front, but the Oilers answered on the very same power play. Here comes McDavid the other way in front. Hyman shoots and scores. A great chance for Backlund and Lindholm at one end. They can't put the puck in. And much like Evgeny Malkin's goal for the Penguins back on Tuesday, Macklin and Lindholm get sprung on a shorthanded try, but the Oilers turn it the other way, quickly tie the game 30 seconds after the Flames were able to beat Skinner for the very first time. We'd get 10 minutes of action before another goal. Milan Lucic hard on the forecheck. Oilers D, very limited interest in being any part of that. Uh, they turn it over. Lucic finds Richie alone in the slot. He buries it post and in. McDavid's man out in front of the net scoring that goal, and it seemed to light a fire underneath number 97. He had a great chance moments later, but the Flames would take a 2-1 lead into the break. Jacob Markstrom, great through the first 40. Stopped 19 of 20 shots that he faced, including some tough ones on the penalty kill in the first period. There was a backdoor stop on Yamamoto right after the Oilers tied the game at 1 in the second period, and even stopped R&H on a great chance in the third. But then, a bounce changed the narrative. We'll shoot the puck in from there. Here's McDavid, a sharp angle shot, he scores! From an almost impossible angle in the far corner, Connor McDavid just whips the puck to the Flames net and it somehow, someway goes in. And the Oilers, on a strange one, have tied the game at two. 97 jumps over the bench, fresh on a change, screams after a dump in, puts it on net, beating Markstrom. Lots of discourse on this goal after the games. For me, chalking it up to a tough bounce. It's kind of the way things will go every once in a while because, listen, Markstrom was great in the game prior to that. Um, before we get Georgie's thoughts, just thoughts from Daryl Sutter. Came around the glass, right? You know, it's, it's a decision that one way or the other you try and make. It's not, it's not a mistake or anything. It's, we want our goalies to try and play that. And, and would you agree that 
Just the most unfortunate player ever to be waiting there on the other side. Most players are not making that shot. Well, he's in on all three goals. I mean, Connor McDavid was the difference in the game. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, he's good. Um, them to breaks, I guess, because I know a lot of people on social media went to Twitter, Flames Nation on Twitter, saying, you know, that's a weak goal. That goal had an order to it. But Daryl just said it there. He wants his goalies to play the puck. Uh, that That's a great way to, to transition, give it to your defenseman. Put the puck up the ice. Get it out of your zone quicker. Just bad luck. That's essentially what it was. Did it look a little weak when you watch the replay of it? Sure. But Jacob Markstrom's not the reason why the Flames lost that game on Saturday night. I thought he was terrific. He made some incredible point-blank saves Mm -hmm. in that game. And he was spectacular outside of that little... I don't even know if it was a mistake. Just chalk it up to bad luck. Uh, Oilers will take a lead a few minutes later. It was a ridiculous no-look pass from McDavid as he got the puck in it the was, slot. That was lucky, too. It bounced off Hyman's skate. Yep, exactly. Uh, Daryl Sutter, thoughts on that one as well? Get him handle the puck properly, when you, especially when you know they're... I mean, it was a face-off. They knew who was on the ace. So... Defenseman got to make firmer plays with the puck. wasn't a confrontation. I think just we passed the puck twice below our goal and soft plays. Tanev, Weger, Backlund, they all get tangled up. It ends up in the back of the net. Which is unfortunate for Backlund because I thought he did a great job of limiting Connor McDavid. Agreed. For the majority of that game. But the guy is so special. He's so incredible that you just hope to contain him. And I thought they did a great job of containing him throughout pretty much the entire game until flashes of Connor McDavid. Cause the first half of that game, yeah, he's still Connor McDavid and your eyes are automatically drawn to him, but it's not like they were creating too many chances. The first half of that game, it's just ever that ever since that Markstrom play just ignited the Oilers and Connor McDavid even more. And again, as Daryl said, he was the difference on Saturday night. He was, he was outstanding, skated 19 minutes, a hand in all three goals, ended up being the first star of the contest. Uh, did want to give a little bit of a hat tip as well to Stuart Skinner of the Oilers, who stopped uh, 40 of 42 Man. Flames shots for the Oilers. Uh, the Oilers had allowed a power play goal in every game before that. First time all season that they did not allow a power play goal. So if you want to maybe point fingers, which I'm not in the business of, but... You need a little bit more scoring, and, and your power play yeah. went, went over. Well, great great start to the season for Calgary. Still five and two on the year, but they need a five on five goal, five on five goal from their top line. It, it's getting to the point now where we're seven games in, Maddie, and they still have yet to score five on five. Part of me, the Flames power play over three, okay. four minutes and fifteen seconds of power play time. Nevertheless, again, I, we're, we're nitpicking a team that's had a great start to the season. Yep, but you need five on five production from your top line. Jonathan Huberto did leave this game for about 15 minutes of the first period, 10 to 15 minutes of the first period, returning to the second. Daryl Sutter asked about it after the game. I think he'd go take a s***. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, maybe he did. It's a lot to pull off all your equipment. Ooh, I think he'd go take a s***. <laughs> yeah, I felt something in my butt. Yeah. Um, Sometimes life serves up that poop sandwich and you have no choice but to say, oh, mm, I'm going to put some mustard on this. Yeah. That, if you've ever... You take ever... your douche. You don't, you don't sit there and look at it. You flush it. 
and move on. We're gonna flush it and move on. Yeah, he's got he's got a big ass. He got another one. Good dumps. <laughs> Any more? A dumpy muni. <laughs> okay. Any? I'm wait. Exactly, kind of the way we felt. Like, uh, yeah, I pooped my drawers a little bit. Why? <laughs> okay. Um, have you ever had that in beer league? Where you oh, had that little gurgle in your stomach, and oh. you're like, oh god. I used to take pre-workout before games, yeah. and I'd have to leave during warm-up every <laughs> every other game. <laughs> It'd be like, yeah, this will this will pass. Wrong error. Um, he looked good after he came back because clearly he was lighter and skating faster. But I, I don't. He didn't look limited when he came back. Did he look limited to you at all? Nope. He was out there. He was doing much of his normal shifts. Looked like he was moving around. There was a couple times when you kind of watched him, and after a shift, ooh, maybe a little wince there every once in a while, feeling it out, seeing how things are. But that'll just be something to monitor. They didn't skate yesterday. We'll see if he skates today. If he skates today, then I'm like, okay, move on. One more quick thing. I yep. thought Lujic was great on Saturday night. Yeah, he was really good. He was throwing around his body. Uh, he looked a half step quicker. Then maybe he has all season. He was very engaged playing his former team. I thought Milan Lucic was great on Saturday. Good dumps. Elsewhere, two Canadian teams in action yesterday, part of a five-game slate. The Leafs were down in Anaheim trying not to get swept on the California road trip, which isn't nearly as harrowing as it used to be. The Ducks and Sharks are kind of powder puff teams this year. Well, the Kings, well, they've got potential. The Leafs actually held a third-period lead in this one. Alex Kerfoot scored on a penalty shot to make it 3-1 for the Leafs, but they could not keep it together. Trevor Zegras scored on a breakaway after Mitch Marner turned the puck over, was benched for a single shift after that. Oh, my God. Take that, Mitch. Dmitry Kulikov would beat his winger down the boards and score on a wraparound to tie the game. Yes, that Dmitry Kulikov, who you're saying, he's still in the league, hey? Wow, okay. Uh, that gave way to overtime. Ducks win the faceoff. Zegras is away at center. Zegras in over the line along with Fowler. They score! Yeah, you need a save there. I'm sorry. Yeah, but uh, with <laughs> Eric Shogren's not an NHL goaltender. Oh, that's, I guess that's a problem. Fair point. Yeah. He's not an NHL goaltender. Uh and Sam Sonoff's been okay for the Leafs so far this season, uh-huh. but it's it's a disaster right now in Toronto. They even mixed up the lines yesterday. William Nylander was the third-line center. They're mixing up the D pairs. Callie Yarncroke was the second-line right winger with Alex like, Kerfoot and John Tavares. Oof. Ooh. Uh, and uh, again, it's people are saying, oh, it's only 10 games in, but that team has earned no benefit of the doubt. And they look from the outside to me, they're playing coach killing again, like they did with Babs. Mm. They're playing coach killing type. It was the day De Muerte's down in Anaheim too, hey? So they called the game Spanish. Segres con el disco. Segres. Hace el tiro! Wow. I thought it was gonna. I thought it was gonna be a big goal. Yeah. No. I also thought there was gonna be a goal, but they just went for it, and then it was awesome. Wow. Oh wow. That's very Phil Esposito of the uh, color commentator there for the Spanish side. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I would. The Leafs don't play till Wednesday when they play the Flyers. I would not be surprised if there's something with Sheldon Keith. Golly, what a bad play! Leafs get swept through California. They'll return home tail between their legs to face the Flyers Wednesday. They've lost four in a row. Jets were in Vegas taking on the Knights. Connor Hellebuck dynamite in this game. The Knights fired 47 shots on the Jets netminder in regulation. Went to overtime tied at one where it was only one more goal that would end this one. Here's Eichel cutting into the 
circle. Takes it in around the net and brings it back out top. Ten seconds. Michael walks into the circle. Turns it up and it's Second point of the game for Jack Eichel. First goal of the game, 48th shot on net for the Knights. Hellebuck stopped 46. That's a tough one for him. That snaps a three-game win streak for the Jets as well. Next action for them is going to be on Thursday. Other results, the Devils beat the Blue Jackets by a 7-1 score. Outshot Columbus 53-21. The Jackets fall to 3-7 on the year. Oh, boo-hoo. Elsewhere, uh, the Wild bested the Blackhawks 4-3 in a shootout, and the Rangers beat the Coyotes 3-2. Tonight, a minor slate, three games. Red Wings and Sabres at 5. The Capitals and Canes also go at 5. And then at 6 o'clock, it's going to be the Kings and the Blues. Uh, real quick on that Coyotes-Rangers game. Yeah. I, I bet a little prop uh-huh. on uh, <laughs> uh, Chris Kreider beating uh, Clayton Keller in points. Uh-huh. So they both had an assist. Heading into the empty net. So Kreider's... <laughs> I'm watching this too. So Kreider has the puck. The net is empty for the Coyotes. He's in the corner. Wins a battle. The Coyotes defense was coming to cut him off. He chips it towards the open net. It hits the post and misses. Oh, I'm like, come on! Bad beat. Because oh. everyone was watching when the Coyotes pulled their goalie against the Rangers yesterday at Mullet Arena. Which, by the way, looks like an NHL rink until they actually pan out. And you're like, what an embarrassment <laughs> this is. And my favorite part about Mullet Arena is a lot of the seats are benches. They're I not, they don't even have backs to I them. Know. What, an, Pretty what good. a joke. Anyway. Nice mullets they gave out there, too. Uh, let's switch to the NFL. Big slate on Sunday. Started with uh, an early game. Ross Wilson. Be careful, though. It's spicy. His Broncos beat the Jaguars 21-17 to as the Broncos move to 3-5 and five on the year. He looked good in that game. Wow, great. It was the high knees. Limited. Yeah, yeah it was the limited. High, uh, high knees look good. And I have no idea why the Jags stopped running the ball with Travis Etienne. I yeah. have no idea why they did that. They were running it down the Broncos' throats in the first half. And then Doug Peterson's like, nah, we're going to lose this game through the air. Falcons beat the Panthers 37-34 in overtime. This what a one, game that was. Wild back and forth. The Falcons are now top of their division with a 4-4 four and four record. Wow. Cowboys. Hey, just, just real quick. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you saw the DJ Moore 65-yarder to tie the game. I heard the call on it. I didn't okay, see it. So he, okay, so miracle play, scores a touchdown. He's so jacked up. He takes his helmet off. That's a penalty. But it's a penalty. Yeah. Which is so dumb, which moves the uh, Eddie Pinheiro. I love saying his name. Moves the, moves, uh, the kickback 15 yards. So all of a sudden, it's a 48-yard or extra point. Oh, no. Misses it. Oh, no. And then they go to overtime. Eddie Pinheiro has another chance from uh, 33 out. Hooks it, it. And then they, they lose. Young Wei Koo hits his field goal. But that's so dumb. Like, the NFL has to be, you got to know it, right? Like he's so jacked up, he makes an incredible play. Don't forfeit. He, there was no, there's no malicious intent. He wasn't showing up. He was just so excited catching that touchdown. He took his thing and celebrated. Slippery so slope. If you no. start saying, oh, I, I don't know. We'll ask Charles Davis about that. Okay, sounds good. Uh, elsewhere, Cowboys three touchdowns from Tony Pollard. They smoked the Bears forty-nine to twenty-nine. Jalen Waddle had a cup. What? 
Jerry Joe's like, Zeke is still our number one running back. Yeah, sure. Sure he is. Jalen Waddle, a couple of touchdowns. Tua showed out. The Dolphins beat the Lions 31-27. to The Waddle was going. The Vikings over the Cardinals 34-26. to Saints and Raiders. What a mess the Raiders are. Long count. Dalton to throw. Looking, looking. Dumps it across the middle. Kamara's got it. 25, 20, 15, 10. Near side, and he will scoot into the end zone. Alvin Kamara does it again. Three for three. Three TDs for AK. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. Zero touchdowns entering week eight. A hattie on Sunday. Three touchdowns. The Saints beat the Raiders 24-0. We also had the worst QB matchup everywhere with Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. These two just plodding around on the field. Eventually ending in a 22-17 win for the Patriots over the Jets. Said the Eagles remaining undefeated. They were very good, once again, beating the Steelers 35-13. to A.J. Brown destroyed me in fantasy. Yeah, condolences to people who played A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, and even more so to the Jalen Hurts-A.J. Brown stack Ugh. that you had to play against. Good luck. At least you knew your day was over after the yeah, first set, right? stress-free watching. There you go. Three touchdowns in the first half for A.J. Brown. Awful. 49ers and Rams. I think CMC's fitting in pretty well with his new team. Kittle is inside of Ayuk, right? They motion McCaffrey backwards pass to McCaffrey. And he's going to throw downfield wide open. Brandon Ayuk. Touchdown. San Francisco. He can run. He can catch. Christian McCaffrey can throw. (laughs) What's the color, guys? Just... Yeah, like I, Christian McCaffrey can throw. I'd hope so. He's in the NFL. Like, no, he he spiked it into the ground. <laughs> that George Kittle clip post game is great too. Threw a TD pass, caught a TD pass, ran into third. The 49ers beat the Rams 31 to 14 on the road. Commanders beat the Colts 17 to 16. The Giants were trying for their seventh win. They visited the Seahawks, but Geno Smith ain't having none of that. Geno going to throw again on first down. Pump fake. Going to throw deep. Got a man in the corner. It is blocked. Touchdown, Seahawks. What a drive led by Geno Smith. They wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. That's the problem. I ain't right back. Let's go. 23 for 34, Geno Smith. That was him after, I think, his first win of the season. Um, and that's in credit the Seahawks to go back to Tyler Lockett because earlier in the third quarter, he dropped the sure touchdown pass. But that's what they did. They went back to him, big touchdown. And the Seahawks, one of the biggest surprises in the league right now at 5-3. and three. They beat the Giants 27-13. to 13. And the Sunday nighter, the Bills beat the Packers 27-17. to 17. Your Monday nighter, divisional matchup. It's a good one. Browns battle the Bengals. Life begins without Jamar Chase for Cincinnati. Bengals star receiver going to miss four to six weeks with a hip injury. Hip. We hurt think. His, hurt his hip. We think. We think. World Series morning report. Uh, game one and game two of the World Series went Friday and Saturday. They split the two games. Today, game three goes from the city of brotherly love. The Philly crowd's going to be rocking. The Eagles are unbeaten. The Union are in the MLS Cup final. It's a great time to be a Philadelphia sports fan, unless you're a 76ers guy. That's different. The pitching matchup, Lance McCullers Jr. for H-Town and Noah Syndergaard. Drink. I like it. Another. Uh, Thor is going to be going for the Phillies. Let's hear from Phillies manager Sarnia, Ontario's own Rob Thompson, ahead of tonight's game three. Yeah, as I've said all along with this club, it really got a short memory. I expect them to come in there and be ready to go in front of a rabid fan fan base. They're going to be rabid in Philly. Yeah. 6.03 start. Every game in the World Series starts at 6.03, just so you know. 
three games, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Off Thursday, Eagles play. Friday, Saturday, if they need him. That's the World Series slate. It might not go back to Houston. It might not. That's what happened in the last series with the Phillies, and they were playing the Padres. I, def- I'm, I'm, I find myself cheering for the Phillies in this one, too, yeah. when they had the biggest comeback in Game 1 World Series yeah. history on Friday night. Five-run comeback. Pretty impressive. Uh, Raptors played this weekend. You ready, Georgie? Uh, okay, yeah, I am. I am. Okay, here we go. Ready? Yep. Three, two. Uh, after uh, the Raptors beat uh, the Sixers in that front end of the back end, they lost 112-90 to Philadelphia on Friday night. They had no answer for Tyrese Maxey. Had a career-high Maxie. 44 mm. points. Was 9 44. for 12 from threes. But Pascal Siakam again continues to deliver for the Raptors. 26 points, 10 boards. And OG Ananobi chipped in with 19 points. Scotty Barnes at 13. This one was tough for the Raptors. They had no... Oh, that's too bad. Nine for 17 on threes. What's nine times three? Nine of 12 from the outside for Tyrese. So he had 27 points from the three-point line. He was on fire. Wow. That's really neat. Late round pick, too. Locally, the Stampeders beat the Riders in their final regular season game this year, 36-10. to 10. They got by the Riders. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell getting a very good round of applause is a... Uh, Perhaps made his way onto McMahon's field for the very last time as a member of the Stampeders. Uh, CFL question for you. Yeah. Uh, if something happens in the playoff game, mm-hmm. is Bo like, uh, I don't want to see the field. I have to sign somewhere else, mainly Saskatchewan next year. I think he'd still go in. I okay. think he's still going for sure. Right. Although we did see a lot of Tommy Stevens in that game too. Stampeders play the Lions in the West Division semifinals on Sunday. That's a 2.30 start. Ticats and Alouettes will battle at 11 o'clock. The winner of the West goes on to face the Argos. The winner of the East goes on to face... Love. No, the winners of the West goes on to face the Bombers. The winners of the East go on to face the Argos. I love the crossover. Uh, no crossover this year, though. The Wranglers... But I love the crossover. The Wrang- it's very fun. The Wranglers were in action. Doubleheader down in Everett to battle the Coachella Valley Firebirds. That building's still in construction. The Wranglers took a 6-4 win Friday, but then the Firebirds won 5-3 on Saturday. And the Hitmen played twice as well. They smoked the Oil Kings 5-0 on Friday up the road in Edmonton, which always feels good. Edmonton was very good the last few years. Then they took a 3-2 win over the Giants on Sunday. Guess how long it had been days since the Giants had been to the Saddledome? Um, I don't know. 1,400 days. That's insane. It's a long time. Yeah. That's it. Great job. And Terrific good job. night and good luck to you, sir. Uh, the Morning Report is brought to you by MotorWorks, exceeding all expectations. BMW repairs and service in a state-of-the-art facility where they'll meet and beat all competitors' quotes on 51st Ave and 3rd Street. Southeast. Charles Davis from the NFL on CBS. We're still taking your text 960, 960 name and location. Give us your gruesome sports injury. Just keep it fun uh, for your chance to win a $100 gift card to Golf Town. I think Melancholy Malcolm's going to make an appearance coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Lots to do. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sports at 960, the fan.